okay i'm recording so right now today is 18 march the friday uh 9.04 p.m and yeah today is day eight not wrong of this podcast and <coughs> i think the lighting in my room is quite bad yeah i own all the lights and it's still super dark and i mean i can't really blame myself because i use i'm using a camera i'm using a camera that has a very high uh, aperture rate so actually low was it high i'm not very sure it's a 4.5 to 5.6 aperture rate on a on a apc apsc sensor which is which means to be uh basically in camera terms is like um the higher number <coughs> the less light is entered into the sensor of the camera and hence your picture gets darker yeah so you need more to, you, need, you need to kind of like boost the the ISO, which will help to brighten the image, but then that will cause a lot of like grainy, grainy, like things on your camera. So I, I decided to just screw it. Let's keep up. Just keep the dark, um, the the darker kind of like background or like the shadows, and I will just go into the go into post and boost up the exposure or something. Yeah. So. So yeah. So uh, today, uh, actually, I have a topic to talk about, and maybe um. Maybe I can kind of share, like maybe like every two or three weeks, I can share a, a book, you know, like a book that I'm reading, and maybe when after I completed it or almost completed it, I can share it with you guys and what I've learned and something that um I think is quite um it'll be quite good for people to know, like maybe a summary of the book. And then maybe if you're interested, um, you can go and buy it or go and borrow it from the library. So yeah, so today I actually want to talk about. This book called Shoe Dog. Yeah, and you can see the famous Nike swoosh sign. Basically, yeah, this book is about um how Nike was formed and the the struggles and the the, the ups and downs of, of of starting a business basically and and how um he managed to grow a business that that started out as just a, a entrepreneurship class idea to an actual business that is now worth like almost what 23 billion dollars or something yeah and he's still the one of the main shareholders of the of the company and yeah so oh wait 30 billion 30 billion dollars <coughs> yeah so yeah so this is a very very interesting book for anyone who wants to read about um about entrepreneurship for example like entrepreneurship or if you're interested in, in like all those like kind of success stories, and you're also like also very interested in like those kind of um stories about one of these stories, but like more like more like a autobiography type of book. Which to me, I like autobi autobiography type of books because I've read I think, um, I've read two, sorry one sorry one 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 other autobiography book sorry sorry two two. Two other kind of like autobiography books, uh, called Malcolm X, and second one is uh Man's Search for Meaning. But Man's Search for the Man's Search for Meaning one is only like half the book is like the his autobiography, and the second half is about uh something else. It's about um like his um theory of uh logotherapy. Yeah, that's another book to talk about. Yeah, but um yeah. So today I'll talk about Shoe Dog. I almost completed this book. Um, I'm supposed to complete this book like last week. Uh, because I set a goal for myself, right, to 
to try to finish like uh, one book a week. But uh, it got a little bit tough. Not not the book was tough, but more like my schedule got a little bit tough from work and stuff. I was quite mentally drained. So I didn't really get to read uh, quite um, much, like as much as I can for each day. I'm going to take out my headphones. It's getting way too hot again. Yeah. So, so basically the book... Um, it's, the book really, really starts very, very simple. Uh, and it basically started start, start off when uh, when he finished school. Like, it started off when he just finished university. And if I'm not wrong, he, he, he studied at Stanford. Yeah, and then he just graduated. Um, something to do with accounting, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And then, um, during that time, he took, he, he took a class in, in uh, entrepreneurship. And then he had this idea to 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 do this this shoe idea that he have basically to basically start like a shoe company and he did a lot of research and and um basically long story short he's going A for that project and after that he after he graduated he he kind of like took a trip like he wanted to go, he wanted to like take a trip around the world you know and kind of explore the the world a little bit before he started to go and work. So he he borrowed some money from his parents, and he he basically uh traveled the world, starting with, uh Hawaii if I'm not wrong, yeah I think it's Hawaii, yeah he started with Hawaii, and then he went with someone as well. So that person I don't know, I don't I don't know what happened to the person in the book because um maybe he maybe he was, he was mentioned at the last part of the book, but he went with someone and then, uh, the person kind of stayed in Hawaii because he met a girl there and. And end up uh the author, which is called anyway, uh, I forgot to introduce the author is actually uh Phil Knight. So Phil, he eventually uh kind of got, got sick of like Hawaii because actually he, he stayed there for actually quite a while, like, I think like two or three months. But after that he got like quite sick of it and then he wanted to continue like his journey around the world. So he went off without his friend and then he traveled to like India and like Nepal. No, no, Nepal or something. I can't remember. Again, I can't really remember. Yeah, but he basically traveled around the world and he, he did all these amazing things. And he took like pictures and memories and and then I think he he also went to, to Japan as well. You know what? I, I, I won't talk about the Japan part first. Probably I think the Japan part would be uh, a nice segue into the into the, the book. Um, But then after that, he, I think one thing that he, he kind of like, it kind of struck me was um um the, the story on when he went to Greece, if I'm not wrong, the last, I think that was the last the last trip was to Greece. And then he 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 went to the temple of Nike. Yeah. And then I was like, oh wow, there's a touching called a temple of Nike. And then um I did, I think I did, I think I, I went to search for it. And then and there is actually like a temple of Nike and and Nike um oh man Nike if I'm not wrong I know what Nike I know what it means. Uh Nike means like it's like something about never never give up or something like the Nike um wow I'm kinda like cheating here. I'm actually like using the the Google here. Yeah, yeah, correct. The god the, the Nike is the, the wing goddess of, of victory. And actually why did I say never give up? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a wing goddess of victory. And yeah, basically I I, I didn't know that there was actually a, a temple actually called Nike. So I, the inspiration of the word Nike uh, didn't come from him, but um it did come from someone close to him in the book. So um I think in during his trip itself he also went to Japan. So he he wanted to kind of like um he was actually very fascinated about Japanese shoes at at a point of time because I think they know that or he know that um 
they had the sh- the the Japanese like the shoes were were were, were coming up like they're not like not only American shoes were getting popular but also like um um Japanese shoe as well. And uh, actually, anyway, sorry if I butchered the, the story a little bit because I I kind of not say I kind of really really remember like every part of the book, but I'm kind of like summarizing what I can remember so far. And then <coughs> after he 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 went to Japan, he he met up with um two GIs. GIs, I think it's like someone from the army. That I, if not wrong, it's one of someone from the army. So he met up with two GIs that. Um, I think his father introduced to him and then uh they were working at like some news agency or something. And then they uh they introduced him to um Okay, this part could be wrong. Okay, so okay, I kinda of butchering the whole entire story because I don't remember the last the I mean like the the mid part and the last part. Yeah. But this part I kinda of like butchering. So I'm not sure that the GIS people went to introduce him to the other uh, Onisuka, um the person from Onisuka, yeah, if I'm not wrong. Who basically they have their their headquarters in Kobe, so so um basically again long story short he he met up with the Onisuka, um the the the, the representative the representative, and then eventually signed a contract with them to import like Japanese shoes, Japanese running shoes to uh, the US and be one of the distributors, uh in the US, so. If you, I think everyone should, be, should know what Onisuka is. Uh. So Onisuka is literally the Onisuka tiger that we see nowadays. And um, I think Onisuka got uh, bought out by A6 as well. They got bought out by A6. If I'm not wrong again, like, if I'm not wrong, they bought out by A6. But then uh, basically they're, they're under A6. And uh, they're still allowed to kind of like sell under the name Onisuka tiger. Yeah. So... So yeah. So he, he kind of got the the author the few night managed to get um some like uh, become the main distributor of 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 uh Onisuka shoes in in the US and uh he eventually uh got back to the US he waited quite a while to get the sample and then after that he pitched the idea to um if I'm not wrong he pitched he pitched the idea to his coach his running coach who was actually also quite quite famous at the time who was going to be like the coach of the Olympic team, the Olympics running team. So he pitched the idea to to his to his um to his coach and then they eventually became like a, a partner, like a 50-50 split, if I'm not wrong, or 51.9% split, something around around there. And then I like I said I don't want to go too 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 much too deep into the book as well. So I think you should you should go and read it yourself. But I'm kind of giving you like a summary of it. And then he he went on to to kind of like um sell a lot of these shoes in in the US and um and and he was actually like making a lot of money like double of sales like almost every year he was like doubling of, doubling of the sales and eventually he he was only supposed to like um sell in the in like a few states and then after that he wasn't supposed to sell in like some other states because he was like owned by another distributor as well but then eventually he bought out he kind of like convinced the Onisuka um the company to Giving the rights to to sell, like he's the basically the main distributor exclusively in the US. So he started hiring a lot more, uh, hiring a lot more people, setting up like bases in like in, in Los Angeles and like basically in California and New York, and uh eventually is just one also in um, uh, I want to say Boston, but it's not Boston. 
it's not Boston. Yeah. But basically it starts setting up a lot more like uh factories and sorry, a lot more like uh offices. And then of course eventually um things didn't go so well between the, the two the two of them. Um <clears throat> I think the what from the from the book itself they say that the Japanese people were trying to cut him out cut, cut him out. <clears throat> um basically I cut him out of this um operations and are pre- preparing to like hire another like a team or another like uh, or kind of like give the contract to another distributor instead. <clears throat> yeah, so so on the side they also quite they were also like quite scared, like like the few night and the team. So um they decided to 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 branch out and do their own side project and decided to 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 create their own their own shoes and also like go and find factories to to produce their their shoes and their, and their quality and stuff so i think eventually um <clears throat> when they finally break out away from the only security team um they they kind of like were alone but at the point of time i think they were really doing quite well with their their shoes cuz they came up with a few like brands of their shoes which were um, getting a lot of tractions from from a lot of like athletes, especially like runners, and then they were learning a lot about um, learning a lot about uh, marketing. You know how how they should um how they should also like um get athletes like sponsor athletes so the athletes will wear their their products and then there will be more sales from that. And they're also learning a lot about um about loans and. Yeah, when I talk about loans, yeah, the 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 book basically keep talking about how they're always very stressed out about money and money was always very tight. Even though they're earning, even though even though their revenue is like almost like 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 third, not wrong, like fifteen, sixteen million, but they still like um were always very worried about money because they always had to reinvest the money back into the business or they had to repay their loans that they have borrowed previously. So. So the the money is always always very very tight, yeah. So I always wonder like how do they get the how do they get the money? You know, like sometimes when they say that they travel from here to there, you know, how do they get the money to do that? Or how do they get money to like yeah do certain things? But um yeah, apparently their money is very very tight for them. And and when I read the and basically um I haven't read the last part yet, but right now I'm only at the almost at, almost at the end really. Yeah. So I think. Uh, Nike was doing very well, and it is doing very well in the book. Basically, at the almost the last part, but <clears throat> I think, uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe something that I want to share here is also like um something that I've learned in the book itself. It's like basically what I've I've, I've read in the book, right? Is what a lot of like entrepreneurship courses are teaching like right now. You know, like I think they're just taking the book and then they're just like taking out life lessons from there and then they're just um selling it as courses uh to people yeah because um i i think i think i read something about um the i think the loans part was quite quite interesting because i actually i, I think i'm actually not very sure whether like other, other other entrepreneurship people actually actually does this like previously like previously like like with like when other like people like were coming up with new ideas and new businesses um i wasn't sure i'm not sure whether they do this or not but the part where he reinvests the money back to his business, reinvests back to his business, always getting like, always focusing on growth, and 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 knowing that if he don't grow, he will kind of like die out. Yeah, especially for small businesses. Yeah, you must always think about how how you can how you can grow, especially when you're also in the Red Sea market. Red Sea meaning like there are other competitors out there as well who are doing something similar. You must think about how can you innovate, how can you outsell your your competitors, right? 
and they, and at the time he was competing with um Adidas and 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 Puma, yeah. So they were really very big companies then, and he he was like a very small company trying to like um outsell all these uh bigger companies, yeah. So it's a bit like the David and Goliath kind of situation again, you know. So. So that's the that's the thing lah. So I I I kind of like only heard about this like reinvest in your company thing when I took some entrepreneurship course in China at that point of time. Yeah. So when I saw it in the book, I was like, okay, so this person actually did it before already. It wasn't like something uh new or anything. Yeah. And I think another thing that I kind of learned also it's um like how 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 you should be very truthful in the things you do, you know, like I think I think the book kind of didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure anyone like kind of like take any like have any take, have any take away from this, uh, or not. But I think the part where he talk about how you no, know, he's very tr- where he just speak the truth and then things, uh, doesn't doesn't turn out to be as bad as it would have been. Yeah, and yeah, I think something sometimes I think it is really very difficult to 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 tell people the truth. Yeah, to to give people the 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 facts, you know. Cause you're scared that there'll be repercussions, you know, or like um people will not want to invest in you, or people are, are are not are not going to be like very like will be they wouldn't kind of like want to, I don't know how to say that, like they wouldn't basically want to trust you. But I think there's one point, there's one, there's one part of the book where they went to this sales convention about shoes, and then over there had a lot of like sales people, and then um they set up their booth, and then I know at the point of time their shoes, the Nike shoes wasn't wasn't like fantastic or anything yet yeah but it was still like basically like still in the, I guess in a prototype stage or something and then um, a bunch of sales people came up to them and then like asked like asked like what, what, what is this shoe you know, what, what, you know like um, what's with the thick what's with all these different things about the shoe and then uh, they basically just give the answers to, to, to them and and then I think, I think at the point of time they didn't expect to have a lot of sales volume and then um, the but then after that, at the end of the day, they, they had a lot of sales volume because uh, I think one of the salesperson said that um they were very, very they were saying like the truth, like, they were giving people the truth, the facts. And they, they didn't they don't they don't lie, unlike other people, other like shoe brands out there who like to like make it sound like their their shoes are like the can make you fly or make you run like like some crazy speed or something like that. But the people from Nike, they were like, very, very, very honest and they didn't like bullshit people and they're giving people the truth. And hence, um, these people, these salespeople decided to to take a chance on on this on this product itself. Yeah, I don't really know like how how it works there, but the 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 story kind of like like kind of like inspires like kind of like, not really inspired me, but more of like got me thinking la, Like like usually when we do things like marketing and stuff, we try to like upsell everything, right? We try to tell people that oh, this is like the the most the best thing you can you can buy and. That is the greatest thing you can buy, but I guess sometimes you know, um, telling people the truth and being completely transparent about your product can also work, also right? Can also work, you know, because I I think that's the best thing. Because when you don't outsell your, I mean, you don't you don't upsell your product. You don't try to like bullshit your product in a way where it's a little bit it's too unbelievable, right? And then when things doesn't the 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 when when shit hit the hit the face the fan, when things go bad, you know it doesn't it won't blow up your your face, you know if you were telling the truth from the start, you know because like if you if you didn't overpromise people, then you wouldn't have all these kind of um 
I would say like fear of getting any backlash. Yeah. So so yeah, so that's those were some of the things that I, I've I've learned so far. And I think the the last thing also that I, I kind of learned is also about the how the guy went out to travel around the world. And that really kind of inspires inspires me a lot, lah, because I, I always feel that end of the day we only have one life, right? And always a lot of people, they always say they want they want to travel around the world. They always want to travel around the world. And, you know, they always say that, you know, like, I want to travel around the world. And the things that, people who say this will never ever do it. Or, or how should I say it? They will never ever do it because they know they won't do it. I don't know why I'm <laughs> saying this, but I think I'm kind of like going off track. But what I'm trying to say is that people always say that they want to travel around the world, but they, they always never do it because it's, it's just something that is so impossible, you know. And I always thought to myself, like, you know, that why, why, if, why, if you were able to do it, you know, or what if you just took a chance on yourself and and do it, yeah. And I know a lot of people. I mean, we all have a lot of responsibilities and really got a lot of commitments. But honestly, we keep telling ourselves that we want to do something, right? And then when the year and as the years pass, right, you realize that it's getting more and more and more difficult for you to actually do the things that you actually dream of doing and then eventually you just accept that this is your fate, this is your life and then pretty much that dream becomes just a dream, yeah. And honestly, it's really quite quite scary lah when I, when I hear some things, you know, because especially now when I'm in my 20s, right, I'm still young, you know, I'm still um, fit, I'm still like healthy, I'm still be able to do a lot of things. Um, I'm pretty sure by the time we are sixty or seventy, I don't, I don't think you, you want to think about traveling, traveling around the world anymore, really, because your focus will be like on your, on your, maybe on your, your health and on your, your children, your grandchildren, these kind of things. Yeah, so, so that's why I say that when people say that they want to travel around the world, I think it's sometimes I always think it's a bit bullshit, you know, because it's always easy to say, but you, you don't take any action, you know. What's, what's the point of actually saying these kind of things, lah? So actually, I got I had this thought in my mind actually to to try and do it lah. Yeah, I mean I don't, I don't tell people that I want to travel around the world, but I always have this thought in my mind on on wanting to 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 do something like that. You know, like take the chance because I don't know when I will ever get a chance to do it. Because if you think about it, if you work five days a week, Monday to Friday, when are you gonna ever ever gonna travel the world? I mean, you can't travel the world in like what two weeks, right? I mean, it's, you can, but you'll be super expensive. You just take a leave for two weeks and then you just like travel around the world for two weeks. But yeah, I think I think that was something that 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 kind of inspired me because I also wanted to actually I wanted to do it, but then I was like thinking in my head like, ah man, how am I going to do it? You know, do I have enough money? You know, when I come back, what, what am I going to do? You know, like what what how do I, where do I plan to stay? You know, or something or like where, where like basically I where 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 do I want to go? You know, like and. Especially now during the whole COVID situation, it give you a lot more excuses to say, oh, it's COVID, you, know, you can't travel. But then you still see a lot of people traveling around the world. Like you still see a lot of YouTube videos where people do like traveling vlogs and stuff. And I think that's so cool, you know. Especially when people do traveling vlogs. That's really so cool. Like I always think that these are the, really the people who who say like, uh, screw the, the normal path of, of finding a regular job and doing the normal things and these people are the ones that say that screw it, I'm going on the road less travel. I'm gonna take a camera with me and film wherever I go. And the people who will be paying my bills are the ones who are the ones who are not achieving their dreams. So basically, the people who are not achieving their dreams are funding my dreams because they're watching my videos and they're getting paid through the views that they 
active. Yeah, that they that from that's from them. Yeah. So basically, <sighs> man, it's always amazing. Uh, that I always can see some people. That's why. That's why I I I, I always say this like I always want like kind of like just be have one day I'll be able to just say screw this shit. I quit. Next day book a ticket and I fly off to like some some place a one way ticket and then I just keep traveling from there onwards not thinking about you know like the finances but of course yeah I mean it's nice to say some things you know like oh yeah I want to do this you know but obviously you know there's still reality you know like as much as as fun as it sounds right there's still things like like bills there's still things like responsibilities that you must not forget about as well yeah, but yeah, that's basically a message that I want to kind of send out to people that you're not getting any, you're not getting any younger, you know, you're not getting any younger. Um, society, society, society doesn't have to kind of like dictate, dictate like what you should do in life, you know that, and you can actually do anything you want to do with your life. Yeah, and that's something that I'm still battling with myself sometimes, you know, because it's sometimes really very hard to. To go away, go out from the norm and go away from the stability. You know, because we are so attracted to stability, we are so attracted to to um being part of society that doing things different from what other people are doing really scares that really scares us. Like it makes us feel like it's scary because there's no one, there's nothing to lean on, there's nothing to there's no there's nothing to catch you or no, there's no like reference point for you to like kind of like look from you know but when you are stable you know you have a lot of people to look around and say oh yeah see everyone else is also doing this right and they have a job they they work five days a week nine to five maybe even more um this is what i should be doing as well and then eventually we become this this person and uh, to be honest i, I don't know I, I i really don't know like 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 how how we we kind of like become like this like even when we finish school right people will just really ask you like so what job have are you gonna work or what job you plan to work at or where do you plan to go like what company you plan to to go you know nobody will ask you things like oh um like nobody will say like oh are you gonna start a business you know are you going to do this and going to do that you know like usually just remember the first thing that people ask you is usually like oh um so what are you going to do like what are you what are you going to work as you know or What's your com- what, what company you going to join and stuff like that? <sighs> but yeah, sadly, I'm also one of these like rats in the rat race. But honestly, I, I've been trying my best really to like kind of like dissociate myself from this norm of chasing the money and chasing the, f- like, I don't know what, the, the glory or what. I try to focus a lot on my health, my fitness, and my well being. Yeah, I, I really don't really, I really try to like distance myself from all this kind of money issue. And I'm not saying that money is not important, but I'm just saying that it's not really the most important thing. I think the most important thing is really to find, like, to basically find your life purpose. That's that's really like the most important thing. Like, what's what's your purpose here? What what are you supposed to be doing? Because, um, I remember this this quote from Casey Neistat. If you all know who is Casey Neistat, yeah. So, he basically said that in life they should be doing either two things. Like, one is either doing the things you love. Or finding the thing, finding the thing, finding the things that you want to do in life. Yeah, and and the second thing is doing doing the things you love. That's the two things you should be doing in your life. Oh, basically in your life, yeah, you should be either in these two modes, 
finding what you love or doing what you love in life. Yeah. So, wow. That is amazing. This is 30 minutes. I just did a book review and also talk about some other, like other crap at the back. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just going to put this, this, um, this title of this podcast as book review shoe dog if you like the book uh, sorry if you if you like this kind of way of, of how i do things you know you can just uh put a like button in youtube or something yeah and if not you can also write a comment and say that this is damn too this is way too damn long man you need to cut it down and you're going off track too much yeah but okay so to just to basically summarize it's a really good book if you are interested in reading like shoe dog yeah it's a very simple book uh, not very difficult. Not a lot, not a lot of difficult words. I will say that there's no difficult words. Very easy to read, easy to understand. Um, and, and yeah, if you are very interested in like entrepreneurship related stuff, or um, you just want to hear like successful stories of someone, um, who went from nothing to something, or if you are interested in like how Nike was formed, and how they kind of like be was able to compete with like Adidas and Puma, who was very very big at the time. Yeah, this is a very good book for you. Yeah, it teaches you a lot about like also about perseverance as well. Yeah. So so yeah. Um hopefully you like this this uh episode. Um I actually enjoyed it. I actually got into a, a little bit of a trance at the end. I was like, oh, I'm so tired at the same time. I'm just speaking my mind and somehow the words kind of make sense. Yeah. So um yeah. Um great book. So I will see you guys tomorrow for the next episode. Okay. Bye-bye.